Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. This season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd. Welcome to Katie's Crib, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. Parents will often say to me, out of the incredibly great intentions, I just don't mention this and that they're going to have to get, usually it's shots, right? Number one question, child, do I have to get a shot? Oh, yeah. He asked me last night. My my son was up last night with an earache. I think he slept. He's got one big floppy ear, and I think he slept on it like folded. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, I have an ear infection. And I was like, well, if you wake up and there's inner ear pain, we'll definitely have to get that checked out. He's like, do I have to get a shot? I was like, no, they will have to just look in your ear. But yeah, so most people's mode, which is mine too, is we're just not going to mention the shot until we get there. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Katie's Crib. Every mama out here listening knows how shitty it is to take your kid to the pediatrician and give them shots. I don't know. It's so traumatizing and I find it to be rare that there's like a few mom friends I have whose kids are not affected by it. And this woman who we have on as a guest today, it's not only about helping kids get through just the yearly shots and vaccinations. This amazing Dr. Jody Thomas is dealing in this whole arena that I didn't even know existed. It's about helping kids with medical anxiety, how not to get freaked out, how to manage pain for children during annual visits to the doctor, let alone more chronic and really complicated illnesses and things that kids have to go through, how to handle pokes with needles, broken bones, which y'all, I just went through, Albie just broke his arm, surgeries, and like I said, chronic and lingering pain. Dr. Jody Thomas is a licensed clinical psychologist and specialist in pediatric medical illness and trauma. She has 20 plus years of experience working with children, families, and adults dealing with medical illness and trauma, depression, and anxiety. Jody is the founder and executive director of the Meg Foundation, which is an organization dedicated to giving kids, parents, and caregivers science-backed superpowers to help manage the pain experience and fend off any freak-out monsters in the process. This is so hugely helpful, this topic today. Jody. I am so stoked you're here. Welcome to Katie's Crib. First and foremost, I love everything you are doing. I didn't... Sadly, I'm probably like all the people you work with where I it is not known that there are options now to help our kids with pain management. 
from as small as their annual checkups to more complicated illnesses and chronic diseases and stuff. First and foremost, can you tell us about the Meg Foundation, what it is, and how you started it? Sure. The Meg Foundation is the nonprofit that I run that is dedicated to empowering kids and families around pain and medical anxiety. So I'm a clinical psychologist. I've been doing this for 25 years now, which is oof. Um, you look good. <laughs> thank you so much. Wow. I appreciate that for the audience at home. And really what it was about was knowing that the practice of pain management is about 30 to 40 years behind the research, which is just crazy. And as I tell people, you don't need me, you need what I know. We need to be able to kind of use technology and design to make sure that parents have what they need to be able to protect their kid and protect their families, because it's a lot more than a difficult five minutes at the doctor's office. It's that they never want to go. And it's like, oh, my goodness, if we just figured out a way to manage the pain and the anxiety, then maybe yeah. they it wouldn't be so traumatic every time there's a checkup or a sickness or a common cold, like anything like that. Exactly. Or it becomes, I'm sure we all know that adult that we worry about that, quote unquote, doesn't do doctors. And they don't do doctors because of that preventable stuff that happened when they were four years old. And they become people like my own brother-in-law who dies of stage four cancer because he waits six months to get a blood test because he's scared of needles. And I wish that story was unusual. And it's just not. Five men right now that I know and one family member of mine the same yeah. had a lump, terrified of doctors, yeah. never, ever went to doctors. He died of a cancer that was very treatable. A hundred percent. I'm so sorry to hear that. And I know that happened. So we knew that happened every day. And so that really became that mission of, I tell people, it's tired of playing cleanup and we need to play prevention. Right. And so really lucky to have these amazing experts from all over the world. And we come together and find really cool and creative ways to get these tools into the hands of people when and where they need them. My turning point came when my daughter was in the NICU for 27 days, oh, and wow. I found myself on the other side. I've been in NICUs my entire career. Mm -hmm. Turns out really not so fun on the other side of that deal. Right. Not surprising. Right. But like our pain management for preemies, what I had to fight for her to get, knowing that poor pain management then causes depression, anxiety, chronic pain for her the rest of her life wow. when we're not, we're damaging those not yet fully cooked neurological systems. And as I looked around that NICU, knowing that clearly these other moms cared for their babies as much as I desperately loved mine, I just happened to know what I should be fighting for, that there was something to fight for and how to fight for it. That there's options, which we'll get into, but we don't even yeah. know that like, oh, there's like topical numbing cream that can help with IVs or help yeah. with needles and things like that. Yeah. Where's the name Meg come from? Meg comes from uh, a dear friend and colleague of mine who was the one who pushed me to start the foundation because I've been honestly complaining about this for years. Like I was running the Stanford pain rehab program at the time we were talking about all this. And when I moved from the Bay area to Denver and imploded life and resettling things, she turned to me and said, so 
are you going to do what you're supposed to do? Or are you going to get too busy again? <laughs> what a so, great friend. <laughs> right? So Meg had this amazing ability to call you out in very helpful, productive, and loving ways. And so as we were going through the process of starting the foundation, and she was actually going through cancer treatment at that time, we were desperately trying to find a name and couldn't find anything that fit. And we had just found out that her treatment had failed and she wasn't going to survive. And I was like, you know, I think it's just supposed to be the Meg Foundation. I think this is what we're supposed to do. What a enlightened, just a big life moment where it all just goes bing. Exactly. Can you tell us what are the three types of pain? There is procedural, acute, and chronic. Can you explain that first? Absolutely. So procedural pain is what typically is almost all of our first experiences with pain. This is needles. This is even blood pressure cuffs and things like that. So the discomfort that's associated with any sort of medical procedure. So you can tell why this is often the source of where we see the seeds of medical anxiety happen. And then there's acute pain, which is just our most straightforward. It's injury, Broken bone. Broken bones, yeah. surgery, stepped on a Lego. <laughs> like yeah, sure. All of that. Sure. A bee sting. A bee sting, all of that. And then chronic pain is, by definition, pain that lasts more than six months. But really what we're talking about is that pain that sticks around much longer than it should. And one of the really big misconceptions, I ran the chronic pain program at the rehab program at Stanford. And everyone would always say to me, like, kids don't have chronic pain. I'm like, actually they do. So this is what people are really blown away by. But when we put in headaches, stomach aches, body pain, all of those things, one in four kids will have chronic pain. And a lot of them have that even more frequently. And we see that with more distress. So like the rates of chronic pain in everyone, including children, totally skyrocketed during the pandemic, which wasn't surprising. Chronic stress, procedural acute and chronic. It's a biological, psychological, and social experience. That's not weird. It's not odd. It is how it is all the time. So when people say, oh, it's all in your head, which is used to dismiss pain, technically speaking, they're right (laughs) because we do create a pain experience in our head, but not in a way that means you're crazy. Like my ultimate example all the time is I said, look, have you ever noticed that it hurts a lot worse to stub your toe when you're in a bad mood than when you're in a good mood? Totally. So now let's extrapolate that to what it's like to get a medical procedure or you're in an urgent care ER with your kid who broke an arm or you're in chronic pain, that those aspects of the psychological and the physical and the social part of that experience are huge. But somehow we just don't really like to talk about that, even though we have like, again, decades of research that do this. Okay. So for the parents listening, whose kids fly off the handle for the procedural pain management. What information should we best arm ourselves with the next doctor's appointment? Parents will often say to me, out of the incredibly great intentions, which as a mom of two, I totally get, is I just don't mention this and that they're going to have to get, usually it's Shots, right? Number one question, child, do I have to get a shot? Oh, yeah. He asked me last night. My my son was up last night with an earache. 
I think he slept. He's got one big floppy ear and I think he slept on it like folded. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, I have an ear infection. And I was like, well, if you wake up and there's inner ear pain, we'll definitely have to get that checked out. And he's like, do I have to get a shot? I was like, no, they will have to just look in your ear. But yeah, so most people's mode, which is mine too, is we're just not going to mention the shot until we get there. Yes. So when I say that, I said, okay, cool. So let's think about this for a sec. Picture your, like, your biggest work meeting you've ever had, only no one tells you it's going to happen until two minutes Yeah, before. that's a fucking bad idea. Why are we right? doing this? Well, because- We the, don't want to deal. Actually, here's the deal. We don't know how to deal. And that's really our issue. When we think about stress as a general concept, it is the difference between what we perceive as the needs of the situation and our ability to meet the needs of that situation. I don't know what the hell to do anyway. <laughs> like, why am I going to bring it up? But we have to remember that just like with that big work meeting, it's not that you're not going to feel anxious. It's what you're going to do prepare to cope and deal with that anxiety. And that's really where we have to go with our kids. Parents will say, I don't want my kid to feel anxious. I'm like, that's not the way humans work. (laughs) Welcome to life. Welcome to life. Yes. It's like our biggest goal in general with our kids is to help them figure out how to tolerate uncertainty, discomfort, and anxiety. And it's very much that model and say, look, we're going to prepare. So like with your son, he says that last night. And again, lucky we don't have a shot. We're just going to have to look at the ear and check it out, right? right? It's to say, well, you know what, bud? We don't. But if we do, remember, we have all of our plan. We have our coping skills. We know what we're going to do to make that poke be totally fine and okay. So it's about preparing kids and preparing ourselves because not shocking, the largest predictor of a kid's distress is the parent's distress. And it's something because moms will turn around to me and say, well, you're saying it's my fault? I'm like, no, I'm saying congratulations. You have a good attachment to your child. Right, you care. You care a lot. (laughs) You care and they care about you and they pick up on you. That's called good attachment. Nice work. So you think a few days in advance, we say, hey, bud, we have your annual checkup coming up, there's going to be a poke. It's going to be one second. I get them all the time. And let's talk about how we can best support you. Do you want to bring a stuff? Like, what are the options? Yeah. Of, of- so we we'll do a couple things. One, you're pointing out really the importance of language, right? So you'll hear me or poke because shot is immediately, uh, like there's an automatic response. People have the word shot, needle. And so when we use your like poke, or we're going to put some medicine in your arm, or we're going to put your medicine in your leg. And even when we talk about kids, how we frame it, right? So what I'll said to my kids, I'm like, look, we get to go get some magic medicine at the doctor. It's going to help you stay healthy. That's great. Never phrased it that way. Right. That we get to go do this, which sounds very different. And again, not to sugarcoat it. Everyone's like, well, you lying? I'm like, no, no. Believe me. I am all about being super honest with children. But it also is a privilege. Like you're phrasing it in a way like we're getting magic medicine from years of studying so that you don't get measles and you don't get, I mean, I wouldn't say this to him, but I'm understanding. Well, you might actually. Kids want to know. You're like, this is actually super cool. Check this out. There is a medicine that used to be kids would get really sick. So your child's at the best, at the perfect age for this because he has great use of language, right? He can understand. He's super interested in learning and figuring things out. And you're like, okay, this is the coolest. We're going to talk about some ways that those pokes don't even need to bother you. Let's make a game plan. And let's figure out what you want to do. Because remember that choice is power. Like they don't have a choice to get a poke. You know, if we've decided as parents that this is important and healthy, 
but they we can do a lot of choices and kids love choice and power right this what helps it right we yeah. know this if it's putting on your shoes going to bed it's like how many of you get two books and one yeah. song it's like yes. oh my god it's and which you. book do you want Right? right. And right. so as long as you get to choose the book, then we've given you a sense of power and control over, but you're still going to bed, dude. Right. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> but when we have power control and we get to practice, be like, hey, do you know what? I learned some really cool ways for you to sit. Do you want to sit on my lap? Do you want to sit this way? Do you want to sit straddling me? And that's what we have all these guides to how to do that. Because one of the biggest mistakes that we will see repeated on repeat is holding kids down for pokes and procedures. It is quite literally a recipe for medical trauma. And it happens all the time. And there's a lot of reasons for that. But if I am going to empower moms and parents to do one thing, it is never let someone hold your kid down for a medical procedure. Um, unless you plan on finding and paying someone like me later to take care of that Lots issue. Lots of therapy. Let's not. Lots let's not. of therapy. So really, we should be putting them on our lap, holding them in a hug. Yes. And there are ways to do that because you'll hear pushback from providers sometimes be like, well, I have to keep them safe. This is the only way to keep them safe. And that's definitely the knowledge that they were given, but it's also the research would well establish that that's not true. You can use your arms and your body to help keep their body still enough to get the poke safely, but they are comforted by your physical presence. You know, that same feeling, we love that hug that we get. It's releasing oxytocin and all sorts of beautiful things. We get to slow down our own breathing and your kid will unconsciously follow that. And you're sitting there talking with them, right? You're like, hey, bud, I'm right here. All good. We're going to be done in a sec. I've got you. Excellent. Nice work. You're being so brave. This is so cool. Check it out. Where are we going to go get ice cream after? Oh, we're already done. That's awesome. What flavor ice cream are we going to get? We do our mom instinct, our parent instinct. You know how to comfort your kid. You do it all the time. But somehow often we walk into that doctor's office and we feel like we're not allowed to do that. Mm -hmm. And we are. And so comfort positioning and practicing that at home, be like, check this out. This is how we're going to do it. (gasps) Do you want to practice on your stuffy? Why don't you show me on your teddy bear how you're going to do this? Medical play is fantastic. And you remember that kids, we work out our stuff through talking. Kids work their stuff out through play. And when they can sit there and play, they get a greater sense of control. And you're both walking in there knowing what you want to do. You're like, great, should we do numbing cream? Let's get numbing cream. And explaining to kids what that does. We put this on your skin and you don't even have to feel the poke. It's amazing. Why is numbing cream not offered? I don't understand. Oh, believe me. I've spent decades struggling with this. It is absolutely, it's the best practice recommendation for every major medical and pain organization in the world. It is absolutely a best practice and no one does it. So it is a number one thing. And it is when the powers that be that sort of run the medical world at this point, when they were in medical school in like the 70s and 80s, they were quite literally taught that kids' pain didn't matter. If I had had to have open heart surgery as an infant, and I'm 48 years old, they would have paralyzed but not anesthetized me. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding. So the belief at that point was the anesthesia was really dangerous, and which is insane. We know now. And the mortality rate was crazy because we literally wouldn't anesthetize these babies. I'm like, so yeah, like and what? Out right now. Oh <laughs> You're like, yes. 
they were literally taught and they were taught, especially for babies. When we know that those little infants, two things are happening. One, you're traumatizing the parent and that carries over to those next shots. But two, we're damaging that not yet fully cooked neurological system. And we are creating more pain later on. The thought was like, well, if they can't remember it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, then it's not going to matter. That's not true. No, it 100% matters. And that matters a lot. And so being able to manage it from the beginning is this incredible gift. Do you recommend parents like bringing their own numbing cream? A hundred percent. Like you can always call and be like, hi, do you do this? If I had to place money on the bet, they'd be like, no, no. never do yeah. that. It's not a big deal. It's fine. And you're like, all evidence to the contrary, actually. But it's really easy to get over the counter. Um, Lidocaine cream, you can now get yeah, it. Amazon, cream. go. Yeah. yeah, it's really not that hard. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of our favorite Netflix series, Bridgerton. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad, is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor, and meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. And I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd. One of my best friend's sons is going through like a lot of testing and things like that and has had like multiple MRIs and spinal taps and Ugh, and yeah. angiograms and a lot of things like that. And honestly, the worst part is him getting the IV. A hundred percent. And it's he's a very active boy. So he's screaming, doing backbends and she's holding him and they're trying to get this thing in place. And I don't understand it because my son was put out for nine cavities. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> he had nine cavities at four and a half. And don't worry, we have a whole episode of Katie's Crib with awesome <laughs> dentists. I've learned a lot since that yeah. rodeo. But it was so great because what they did at the dentist's office was they actually put him out 
with a mask thingy before first first, and then the IV. So my son had no idea what the hell was happening. And then his school even went so far is his school has very progressive nursery school, but they have all of these doctor kits. And when someone has a procedure coming up, they spend weeks leading up doing play with the mask that was going to go on his face so that when the mask was put on his face, it was not the first time. He was not not scared. No, he had been playing that at school for a while, but he had already practiced with the mask and had played a lot, (laughs) but he was put out and also not woken up until the IV was out. So I don't understand why this is going on. Okay. So I just want to break down a few of what your school and what you guys did so brilliantly with that. That is one of the number one things that I tell parents to ask for. I'm like, if we're going to do being gassed, do it first. So we don't have to go through the entire IV process. There are ways we can prepare them for that. No problem. But why if we don't have to? Have to. And let's do the mask and to practice with the mask because the amount of mask phobia that I've treated. Because remember, we're going in, we're uncertain and we're scared. And what your school did gorgeously is prepare him where this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen next. We're going to put this thing and it's the coolest. You just breathe and all of a sudden you go to sleep. You take deep Monster breaths. Monster breaths. And he was asleep in 10 seconds. Yeah. And so like your friend, that story is the reason we started the foundation because we know that those first times when she was going through that terrifying process of diagnosis and when those first things happened, whatever that was, It's we're getting all these procedures and because everyone is scared and terrified, now all of that is associated, right? So that IV just isn't about that IV. It's about everything that was happening the first time we got that IV and how scared everybody was and how everyone felt that need to hold what's down and to restrict. And so there's so much associated with that. And just let you know, there are ways to undo that, but this is a cleanup situation. Again, so you're spending all of your time cleaning up versus making small changes changes that we could change it from the jump. From the moment we start. And that's what we want to be able to do. But when we go in and we can help, okay, great, we're going to do this process and procedure. So distraction is one of the most powerful things. Like every single one of us as a parent. Pro-level distractors. It's all we do all day. Well, it's like you're like trying to get your kid's attention when they're staring at that video or super into the game. An entire brass band could be going through the room and they don't notice. Right. And if we can take that thing that's so annoying when you're trying to get them to put on their shoes and get out the door, but it's unbelievably powerful when it comes to sitting there and that focus of attention, they truly aren't hearing you. So is that like a you put on a show while they're getting it? Is that what yeah, you mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like this nurse or doctors really good at their job. They're going to take care of it, but it's not that fun to pay attention to that. Let's figure out what you want to pay attention to, to help you feel safe and calm. So do you want to watch a show? And then the more specific we get, do you want to watch Bluey? Do you want to watch Peppa Pig? Great. Let's make sure we have that downloaded to the phone and that it's ready. And that remember that it's the buildup that's problematic. So we get to sit here and while we spend most of our lives trying to get kids off of our screens. Yeah, this is when we need it. Yeah. When we're sitting in the waiting room of the doctor's office or waiting for that, we're like, great, let's watch Bluey. And remember, okay, we got our plan. You got your numbing cream on, vibration. There's an amazing device called the Buzzy Bee that's really great for that. Vibration is so fantastic 
It's literally just vibrates, okay? Like wow. it's just vibration and you put it on the skin. So basically, again, pain happens in our brain. When we're using vibration, you're just putting this vibrating thing on our skin and it creates this traffic jam of signals on your neurological system. So simply that pain signal doesn't get through. That's a great idea. Geez, yeah. we should be doing that for shots too. Yeah. How do we support our kids? Let's move on to the next one with the acute yeah. pain, which is like the bee sting and the broken bone. So you've ever seen like a toddler fall, like face plant, and then they look at you. They're looking at you to be like, how am I supposed to feel about this? And am I safe and okay? So that difference that are we harm, are we in danger? So one is being able to remember that pain in itself is a warning signal. It's telling us something is wrong or may be wrong and that we should check it out. So if we step on a bee and it hurts, good. We should know that there's a bee stinger (laughs) in their thing. So the broken arm, you're like, how cool is it that your body knew how to keep you safe and tell us that your bone is broken? So now it can tell us that. So when we go to the doctor and we get it fixed, so we know that we have to do to keep your body safe and okay. But here's the cool part. We know that now, so we don't need that signal anymore. So let's figure out what we want to do to turn that signal down, right? And okay, cool. And also it's even tricks like when we break the arm is to rub the body. Like if we break our wrist, then rubbing up at the shoulder. Remember that signal has to go from our wrist and travel up our arm into our our brain. brain. And so one of those things is rubbing that spot in between where the trauma is and your brain. You are creating alternate sensation. Also, when we do, and that's similar, like when we're holding our hand or when we're doing that is to say, hey, don't you notice how it feels? Do you feel how warm my hand is? Do you feel me rubbing you? When we focus our attention, our focus of attention is one of the most important components to our pain experience. And so in every person who's ever sat there and at the end of the day, you got a bruise and you have no idea where it came from. It happens to your kids all the time. It's my number one example to kids. You're like, I don't even know where that came from. Now, (laughs) so I'll tell kids, I'm like, look, you were having so much fun and you were so focused on something else that you didn't even notice that your body got damaged enough to get a bruise. And that's because your body was safe and okay. And your brain knew that. And you were like, ah, we don't need to. We're paying attention to this. I said, do you think if your brother or sister came up and hit you hard enough to get a bruise, would, you, would that hurt? Yes. And yes. you would stop the, would the stop. breath. It would all <laughs> be a record everything would go to Everything would go to hell, right? Yeah, yeah. But I said, it's the same tissue damage, right? That biological piece is 100% the same. It is our focus of attention and the meaning we've assigned to it that totally changes it. And in that moment, when your kid gets that, steps on the bee, breaks the arm, is you get to be that person defining it. You're like, oh my goodness. You know what? You're right, bud. That is a big one. We're going to have to go to the doc and get that checked out to make sure your body's safe and okay. Cool. Let's figure out the ways you can help yourself feel better and calm while we do that. So let's rub. We can watch a video. We can do those things. But your common response, because that anxiety is, are we safe and okay? And the truth is, even if they break an arm, you're going to go to the doctor. It's not going to be a good time, but they're generally safe and okay, right? You're like, we've got a course of action. You're going to be cool. Absolutely. And also that whole idea of turning it into that curiosity adventure, like, okay, this is awesome because you're probably going to cast it. Oh, love to cast more than in the entire world, like (laughs) picking the color, watching it go on. It wasn't something to be scared of at all. It becomes scary if we are acting scared. Right, right. And instead being like, okay, this is amazing, dude. Check it out. We get to pick a color. 
He was scared when he was like, how are they when they get it off? Is it a saw? This, that, and the other thing. And so I was like, you know what, bud? I'm going to do some research and show you some videos of kids getting their casts off. And I found some videos of kids like hysterical laughing because it like tickled. It tickles. I'm like the vibration actually tickles. Yeah. And they showed a guy actually using the machine and like putting it on bare skin and how it did nothing. And then my son was totally fine. Okay, so brilliant in Lana Lace. One, I want to point out again, highlight a couple of amazing things you did there. One, when we do not know the answer, it is a perfect and good thing to say, you know what, dude, I don't know. Let me check that out. But I know it's going to be safe and okay. Let me get back to you. And we do have to circle back. But when we're thrown off by an answer that we don't know, it is really good to be like, you know what? I really want to answer that. Let me look into it and I'm going to get back to you. Okay. So that is a great strategy. We don't have to answer every scary big question immediately. And the second was, it's about expectation. If you guys both came in and a couple days before you practiced, you got your game plan, you got your thing, and then when their anxiety starts to peak and you're like, you know what, bud, I know no one loves it, but remember, we got our game plan. This is going to be awesome. You're going to get to prove to yourself how we can make this no big deal. Right. You and I, we're in this right. together. We right. got this. Right. How do we best support our kids in the more chronic pain? I don't think I've faced that yet. It seems horrible. So chronic pain is tough because it really, a lot of it, first of all, you have to establish hurt versus harm. So when things are hurting, is there something actually wrong? Like when a arm breaks, an arm is broken. We know there's a bone. We know there's a problem. We know it's got to get fixed. With chronic pain, like chronic abdominal pain and chronic headaches, we do want to go to our doc. We do want to get that gentle workup. Is there anything going on that needs attention, that needs something to happen? Is there some sort of intervention that's going to need to occur? Is this telling us something important? Is the original intent of pain happening? Like it's a warning. The problem is a lot of the warnings just we're done and we don't need it anymore. And why are we still dealing? The signal itself, that pain itself becomes the problem rather than it actually signaling something that's wrong. But even we're talking about something like Crohn's disease or IBS or chronic abdominal pain, those are obviously very physical, real things. Like we're not saying that psychological interventions mean the pain isn't real. It's hundred percent real. All pain is real, but these things are going to be the ways that you're going to feel better. So it also means not giving into the pain all the time. And that is a really difficult thing as a parent. So if your kid has the flu, sticking them on the couch, letting them watch endless TV and bringing them soup is a great plan. It's finite. It's exactly, it is finite. When we're talking about chronic abdominal pain or chronic pain, at some point when we determine this is going on and it's going to keep on going on, that when we're doing that, we're actually prolonging that experience. Because instead of being able to say, you know, when kids would say to me, well, it hurts when I'm at school. I'm like, does it hurt at home? And they're like, yes. I'm like, then we're going to school. Because the truth is that functioning is going to come back before pain relief. Because your body has had an idea that I have to stop functioning and wait for the pain to go away. But with most chronic pain, it's not going to go away until we start functioning. Got it. Now, again, like your broken arm, if it still hurts, do not throw the ball. (laughs) Do not do the thing, right? But your brain and your body have learned a lesson that there's something dangerous and you should stop, even when that is wholly untrue. 
And so to do that, we have to do that thing over and over again and be like, Hey body, we're actually cool. We're actually fine and okay. The truth is as much as you can physiologically and psychologically put that pain down. Calm yourself. Calm yourself. So with kids with chronic pain, we have to teach them really amazing coping skills. Yoga, meditation, realizing that going on a walk around the block calms our body, learning breathing techniques and strategies, learning that waiting a really long time to eat until we're starving is not a good idea, that we need to learn to drink enough water, that going to bed at the same time every night, even though that's rough, it's going to be game-changing in your ability to manage. And that's not – and again, none of that makes pain your fault or anything you did – your body is requiring something so much higher level. Yeah, it's like all this self-care stuff that I wish I had implemented from the time I was little. A hundred percent. Wow. This is so amazing. I wanted to say, everyone listening, the Meg Foundation, your website, what I also loved about it is that you can literally enter in your kid's age because so much of how we support our kids through each kind of pain actually changes with their age and the language we use and what's developmentally appropriate. So you can literally enter your kid's age in the website and it will change because I'm sure it changes from a three-year-old to a 14-year-old or whatever. Absolutely. So it directs you then. We want you to be able to find the things you need as quickly as possible. And so based on the type of pain and based on the age of your child, being able to be like, these are the resources that would be great for you. Love it. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of our favorite Netflix series, Bridgerton. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? And meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. And I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd.
I feel so lucky. Like I have no needle fear or trauma at all. I think it's yeah. like kind of like, yeah, fuck you. Let's go. Like I've got this. Like it, <laughs> I know this isn't a big deal. My yeah. husband is like a mouse. Like he's just terrified. And I'm guessing he's not a mouse in other areas. No, of his but I right? just feel like, so exactly. lucky that I don't have any negative feelings about it. And so I feel like it would be such a gift to try to give my kids the same gift because I've been able to walk through my life like I am not afraid of doctors. I'm not afraid of like how they're going to help me. Like I don't have a negative connotation around it. And you've lived through it. Yes. You've created that reality through that expectation and that belief. And that's really what we want to do for our kids. For all kids. And again, you're like, and I'm guessing your husband's a good example of that too. Like in every other area of life. Let's make the next generation of children who are not having any needle fear. And, and understanding pain, because that is also associated to addiction. Oh, I'm sure. Chronic pain, use of opioids, all of this. There's so many negative outcomes that we get to avoid by understanding pain and how it works in our body and the power and control we can have over it. The other thing that I want to point out that's really important is that what we say after is instrumentally important. There's unbelievably really cool research. And we actually have a video on the website called Framing the Story that talks about this, that what we say after is unbelievably important for forming their memory, memory of that and their expectations going forward, that it will dictate how they will feel. And one of the things I love to do is I video the kids right after there. And I'm like, hey, that was awesome. Such a good job. What do you want to say to your future self the next time we get a poke? What helped? What was good? What was awesome? And they're like, okay, I really liked sucking on a lollipop and watching the video. And that was cool. I'm like, was it a big deal or no big deal? And they're like, no big deal. And so the next time that comes and there starts to be that anxiety, you're like, hey, cool. Let's check it yourself. Look what you said to yourself next time. Whoa, that's brilliant. Right? When we're asking that question, we are forming that for them. And even, by the way, if it did not go as well. So you have to be prepared to pull the plug. If we're at Mach 10 and we're holding it down, I'm like, you know what? Unless someone is bleeding out, we don't actually need to get this done today. And instead, we're turning around and being like, you know what? I'm so proud of you. You went in that room and you got the plan and we got there. That was awesome. And next time we get to go even a little bit further. But nice work. That was great. Good job not kicking the doctor this time. Good right. Job keeping right. your body safe. Whatever that was, you stayed in the room. I'm so proud of you. That we are reinforcing when we are highlighting what went well and positive and how we can build on that in the future. It is game changing. Because we'd have parents come to me who we worked on a plan and they're like, well, it just went terribly. And I'm like, okay, talk to me what happened. They're like, we went in, we had a plan, everyone was calm. But right before the poke went, they really freaked out and started yelling. And I'm like, that's actually incredible. Like we yeah, made it that like, far. They made it in and we got it in and you did it. And I'm looking at them like, I'm so proud of you. That's incredible. My God, Jody, the work you're doing is invaluable. And I so know much. you are climbing a massive mountain of cultural norms that are yes. very hard to shift, but your work is seen. And I hope all of the mamas and caretakers listening to the this podcast will use and check out the website, please. What is your, how old are your kids? My kids are nine and 11. Now. Does anybody have a birthday coming up? Yes, my daughter here. What advice would you give to your kid on their upcoming birthday? On their upcoming birthday, would be brilliant. 
So with my nine-year-old, who is a little people pleaser, my advice to her always, and will definitely be advice to 10-year-old self, is it's okay to make people mad. Yes. I wish um, someone had told me that because my, yes. I got a big people pleaser inside my soul as well. Right? Love that. And then I always ask our amazing guests to finish this sentence. Parenthood is so hard. So hard. It's so hard. And that's why we all have to come together and have podcasts like Katie's Crib so that we have a village together to help us all have the resources and the knowledge and the information to make it easier, especially trips to the doctor. Thank you, Dr. Jody Thomas, for coming on Katie's Crib. This was an incredible episode. I learned a ton. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. I want to hear from you. Let's chat. Questions, comments, concerns? Let me know. You can always find me at katiescrib at shondaland.com. Katie's Crib is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. This season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd.